Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program as we kick off Memorial Day weekend in style. Mark Vandermeer with you tonight. Yes, we will have a show Monday during your barbecuing event, your cookout event. That's really what we called it up north more than here, a cookout. You don't hear that much in Texas. Here it's barbecue, to barbecue. It is a barbecue. It's a verb and a noun. Uh, up north it was, we're having a cookout. I just don't hear that that much, but it's all good no matter what it is. If you cook meat over a grill, yummy. All right, so that's going to be fun this weekend. Hopefully you get a chance to do that. Obviously we're still in lockdown, so that puts a premium on doing it well at home. I'm going to be smoking this weekend, smoking a brisket, my first ever attempt. Pray for me. Okay, let's have some fun tonight. Tim Kelly, offensive coordinator, is with us. Anthony Weaver, defensive coordinator. Also, Kaimi Fairbairn. So we've got two coordinators and a kicker. That's the unofficial title of tonight's show. Why don't we kick it off this way with Kelly. We had a visit with the season ticket members this week. They asked questions. He answered them. And we started off just asking him what it's like to be coaching, working in this environment that we're all trying to work through in and around these days. Personally, the first thing that comes up is is really uh, kind of gives you a new appreciation for all the work that, that my wife does at home, you know, being home with with these with these uh, uh, two kids. It's 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 a you know an eye opener to see what they go through you know during the season because I'm gone and and I don't you know I, I hardly see them unless it's on the weekend. So being able to see her kind of do her thing here, it's uh, it's been pretty cool. As far as being you know coaching the guys, it's it's really a unique situation having to do everything virtually. Um, you know, being being able to have all this interaction, uh, you know, with our guys via Zoom and, and the different mediums that we have on our computers and laptops and, and tablets and whatnot, um, it's it's really been unique and it's been interesting to see how those guys have adjusted uh, and have really taken to it. It seems these days everybody seems to be more comfortable uh, in front of a screen, so this is kind of really providing them their their safe space, if you will, to kind of come out and. Uh, and, and really, really do a good job communicating with one another and with and with us as coaches. Yeah, we've all become television personalities in the last few weeks. I know. All right, let's get to some questions here from the season ticket members. And Donald is up first, and he goes right to it. How might the offense look different in 2020? Well, we know about some of the new guys, and I would imagine you've been very creative already trying to figure out ways to mix them in. But what do you think of the offense overall going into the season? Yeah, I mean, every year is different, right? So uh, every year there's going to be new players. And um, for us, it's it's always going to be about trying to put those new pieces uh, in, in, in a position to, to take advantage of, of what the defense gives us. So, you know, how can we find different ways to utilize Duke and David and Brandon and Randall and Will and Kenny and Kiki and DeAndre and, and Fells and Kahale and Akins and Thomas? I mean, the list goes on. So, uh, you know, sitting here and, and being able to, to name that many names um, is, a, is a good thing. So uh, we have we have a lot of people who have made plays uh, in this league. And, and it's really going to be up to us to try and put them in positions to be successful. Next question is from Adrian. What excites you the most about the upcoming season? I think you just answered part of that, but also the schedule. I mean, there's so much to look forward here, look forward to. And you mentioned the guys you have, Coach. It's not just about how you fit them into whatever you want to do. It's adapting to the defenses you're going to play, right? Yeah, and, you know, everything that we do is, is going to be, you know, predicated on trying to, again, take advantage of, of the issues that we may see going against the defense. So, um, 
having the different versatile pieces that are going to allow us to be creative is definitely exciting. You know, starting off the season in Arrowhead um, on Thursday night, that that's always, you know, an exciting opportunity. And then being able, you know, to, to play some teams that we may not have played for a few years. You know, me personally going back home to Chicago is something that I'm excited for. Um, and then, you know, going and, and having the Packers come here and Minnesota come here. So, you know, personally speaking, selfishly speaking, those are all teams that I, you know, was very familiar with when I was growing up being, you know, coming from the South suburbs of Chicago. So being able to play those guys is always kind of exciting for me, especially because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. We'll have some more specific questions about that coming up here, but let's go to Giles question. Please discuss your transition from a defensive player to going to the offensive side of the ball as a coach, because you played defense in college at Eastern Illinois. How does that help you, if at all, coaching offense? Sure. Um, it, it helps me because I always look at what we're doing from a defensive standpoint. So I'm, I always try to put myself in, in a position to where, like, what, what would I think if I saw this happen? How would I react if I saw this happen? Um, so uh, as far as the transition from a defensive coach to offensive coach, it, it really happened – um, you know, when, when I made the, tr- the transition into the NFL, I worked with Coach O'Brien for two seasons. Um, and he had always told me that he, he saw, you know, the possibility of me having some potential of working on the offensive side of the ball, even when I was at, at Penn State on the defensive side. So, um, you know, when, when the opportunity came and, and he said, Hey, I'd like you to work on, on offense, I, I, you know, said, absolutely. Anything I can do to, to coach in the NFL. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a difficult transition. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Um, but it's, it's obviously something that, that was worthwhile and has paid off. All right. Next question is from Fred Joe, section 353, row R. He did not put his seat number, yeah. <laughs> but section 353. Many NFL teams have converted to an up-tempo style. This is a long question. Sometimes avoiding a traditional huddle. Is this a possibility for 2020? Now, you guys do this from time to time. You go no huddle, you go up-tempo, or you have that little brief muddle huddle yeah. before you take the snap, right? Yeah, sure. I think, again, it, it kind of goes back into how, how you want to play the game and, and, and what are we going to do as an offense that, gonna, that, that will put us in the best position to win. So um, if that, you know, if, if we, we decide throughout the week that playing fast <laughs> is going to be something that's going to put us in the best position to win, uh, you know, you, you can bet that we're going to be playing faster that week. It's something where we may want to huddle more and, and slow the game down, and that's going to, you know, put us in the best position to win. Uh, that That's something that, that obviously we will do more so to, to win the game. But everything that we're going to do as an offense is is going to be, you know, pointed towards winning. It's going to put our team in the best position to win. All right, more questions here from the season ticket members. Mike, is there a chance that – Johnson squared, both Johnsons will be in the same backfield together. You put Duke and David in the backfield together. You did that a little bit with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson last year. What do you think this season, coach? Yeah, again, when you have versatile players that, that can, you know, offer different skill sets and, and do a number of different things, uh, it allows you to get creative and, and use them in different ways. So, um, yeah, you know, I think we're always going to do things to try to take advantage of the skill sets of our players. You've been doing so much classroom work on Zoom or however you do it digitally, and you don't get the chance to try those things out in OTAs if you're on the field right now. So I guess that's going to put a premium on those training camp reps you can get to get this offense up to speed for the season. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, referring back to what Coach O'Brien said about being a a veteran year, um, because, again, we're going to really have to hit the ground running when we get together in August. 
because we're not going to have the however many OTAs and training camp practices and, and, you know, coaching sessions that we would have, uh, you know, if we were under more normal circumstances. So yeah, those, those training camp practices are going to be at a premium. All right. Next question is from Pamela. What's your offensive philosophy and how does it translate to your working relationship with Deshaun? And I guess I'll layer on top of that as well. How is your working relationship with Deshaun? You guys have to spend a lot of time together. Yeah, you know, and obviously, like right now, it's all it's all on on uh, a Zoom or, or you know the virtually. So I'm sure he's sick of hearing my voice for the past however many weeks. But um, yeah, the the relationship that I have with Deshaun has, has been has been really really good. So I'm encouraged by that. Um, and then, uh, what was the first part of the question again? It was the philosophy, your offense. Yeah, sure. Philosophy. So for us, we're, as an offense, we're going to make sure that, that we want to be as detailed as we can be in terms of, of our assignments, um, you know, the different techniques that we that we want to use and, and uh, basically understanding the, the whole offense. We want to be disciplined in, in our ability to go out and execute those techniques um, and, and eliminate bad football. And then we're, we're, we're going to want to be aggressive and uh, attack the defense uh, you know, obviously that's going to change week by week and, and do whatever we can to, to put, you know, the team in the best position to win. Okay. And Jerry has a question. What is it like coaching against your brother, your brother, Dennis, who plays for the Titans? Sure. Yeah. That's always, uh, you know, we, we played twice a year, so that's always kind of a unique situation. Um, I think it's probably harder for my mom than it is for Dennis or I, you know, we're, we both grew up so competitive that, you know, we were used to trying to make, you know, win so the other one would lose since we were, you know, four or five, six years old. So that's really nothing new uh, to our relationship. You know, if you were to put a, a, a video game or, or a board game, you know, risk as big as our in our house. If you if you put us in front of a risk board, we're going to do everything we can to try and make sure that, that we win and, and the other one loses. So I think it's more of a strain on my mom. Uh, I think it puts her in a tough spot. I think she's obviously very proud. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, someone's going home happy and someone's, someone's going home sad. So I think it's tougher for her than it is for us. All right. So we have another question from a season ticket member, me. I'm not only the announcer, I'm a season ticket member. Okay. So Eastern Illinois, your alma mater. I mean, yeah. you mentioned the Bears game. How special is it going to be to coach in Soldier Field for the first time ever? You're going to be a professional there doing your thing in that place. And also, what about Eastern Illinois? All these great football people from Eastern Illinois. You got Garoppolo and Romo as players. You have Sean Payton as a coach and a player. You have Brad Childress who went there. A lot of guys have come out of Eastern Illinois to make it. Shanahan. Yep. Yeah, Shanahan, uh, of course. It's a, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a unique deal. You know, it's kind of a special place. You get down there and it's, it's a real close knit uh, environment. Um, there's really not a whole lot to do outside of Charleston. You're kind of in, in the middle of nowhere. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a uh, you know, when I was there, uh, and, and right now there's a lot of good people out of there. Um, you know, people that, that, you know, want, want to see people, you know, the players do well. Um, you know, so speaking from that portion of it, it it's no surprise that there's been, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put my name in the same breath as Jimmy or Tony or any of those guys, but, you know, there, there's been a number of people that have had success in, in the NFL, uh, that, that have come from that. Um, and then, yeah, going to, going to Chicago is going to be pretty cool for me to, you know, something growing up, you, you always kind of dream about envision yourself doing and, and having the opportunity to do that's going to be pretty special. In December, let's layer no, up. Okay. No question. No question. <laughs> 
Well, Coach, uh, we want to thank you on behalf of all the season ticket members, partners, friends of the Texans. Thanks a lot for spending some time with us, and best of luck getting ready for the season. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Stay safe. All right, there's offensive coordinator Tim Kelly calling plays this year for your Houston Texans. Coming up, Anthony Weaver. He had his visit with the season ticket members. What kind of questions were asked? Of course, a lot of blitzing questions came up. Let's find out what the D.C. had to say about that. And then later on, Kaimi Fairbairn, what is he up to? Drew Doherty visits with him. It's all coming up on Texans Radio. With him, it's all coming up on Texans Radio with him it's all great to have you listening tonight as we visit with the coordinators not the special teams coordinator brad seeley he's coming up soon enough on a future program but the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator we heard from tim kelly in segment one it's time for anthony weaver and after that kami fairbairn visits with drew doherty happy memorial day weekend everyone and let's check in anthony weaver visited with the season ticket members and we had a lot to talk about starting with how things were going at home working from there and getting through it all oh things are things are great things are great Mark. i mean you know in this environment just uh it, you realize how much you, you take for granted um, mm-hmm. but it's well, been awesome to, to get this this time with the family and i just pray for all those who are being affected by by covid right now you guys work so much as a staff and this time of year i know it's always hot and heavy in the building with otas and everything what is it like being home family and getting all this work done as a coach at the same time uh, it's been unique. It's been unique. Uh, never have I had to, you know, I've never been in meetings and had my two-year-old son run up to me and, and try and try to play with my uh, my controller. But uh, we're, you know, we're still we're still working. You know, we're working with all the technology we have available to us. We're still making progress and moving in the right direction. And I think as as long as you're doing that, then then everything will be okay. Great. Well, we have some questions from the season ticket members for you, so let's get right to it. Brantley and Laura, a co-question here. Congrats on the position. What do you think is different that you bring to the table as defensive coordinator, just in general? What do you think it is, Coach? Oh, man. Um, well, first off, uh, Brantley and Laura, thank you for the congratulations. Um, two, uh, you know, me personally, like, I, I'm going to be myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm going I'm to have a calm demeanor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a rational thinker, thinker and logical thinker in, in times of, times of high stress situations, but um, I have the utmost faith in, faith in our, in our players and in the staff, you know, I'm uh, very fortunate to still have, you know, Romeo Cornell on staff, who obviously has been a huge mentor for me, uh, has a tremendous amount of wisdom and knowledge and, and has, and it's not, not afraid to share it, uh, you know, but we have, we have a really good staff with, with Dent and Lynn taking over for the DBs, Bobby King, Chris Rumpf. We got the young, young, young guys that are working hard, Matt O'Donnell, Akeem Dent, who played here as well. Um, Dion Broomfield, and then all the players we got. I mean, we we got we got we got some really good players who I, I can't wait to just get a hold of and put them in some of these these new schemes that we're we're devising up. And but I, I just think personally that I, I'm going to be myself. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be aggressive. We're gonna we're gonna be sound. We're gonna we're not gonna be reckless, but we're gonna try to get after these quarterbacks. Right. All right. More questions here. Giles wants to know what impact do you think Ross Blacklock will have your rookie defensive lineman? Oh, uh, you guys have been around me for a few years now. No, I don't like praising rookies too much, but, <laughs> um, but Ross brings a lot to the table. When you mm-hmm. saw on film, he has the ability to, to stop the run, to rush the passer. He's a, he's a very uh, strong minded kid. And I think as long as he continues to, to put the work in, he can be an, an absolutely be a contributor for us in year one. How much 
that'll be determined by him. But uh, but I have the utmost faith in in his ability and his work ethic to come in here and help us an awful lot. Contributor is a key word, right? Because you have a rotation going on up front. A lot of guys get a lot of snaps depending on the situation. It's sort of a group effort, right, up there. Yeah, absolutely. And and I was, you know, I was I was in Ross's situation 19 years ago. You know, I was a second round pick that came into the Baltimore Ravens and, and started early on. So I'm not saying we're penciling him as a starter, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm 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 saying right here I'm telling him through this medium right now that he can get it done if he puts the work in. Excellent. All right, Arturo, will this season's defense be more aggressive? Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I I, I'm, I've said this. I said this, you know, previously, that I envision our defense being a reflection of our city. Mm-hmm. So I want a defense that's going to go out there and be extremely passionate about ball. They got to be tough. They got to be Texans tough, and they got to be resilient. They got to be able to respond in the face of and be successful in the face of any adverse situation. And I, I think we have the guys on the roster to, to get that done. Excellent. All right. So Tim. Says, big fan of yours, Anthony. You were a real force to reckon with as a player. This is more of a comment than a question, Coach. <laughs> uh, but obviously you were a player, and you played for the Texans. You played for the Baltimore Ravens. And I know you've been asked many times how that comes into play as a coach. But it's got to be an interesting dynamic when you're a player. You're fully responsible for yourself, part of a team. Now you're responsible for so many guys. What what do you perceive as the difference, really? Um, I mean, Mark, it's no different than, than being single and then getting married and having kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you just, you feel that you feel the pressure of not wanting to let anybody down. And, and that's probably, that's probably the biggest thing. When, when you're, when you're by yourself, you, you control all of that. You know, you control how hard you work and how disciplined you are. Now you're trying to motivate and bring people along with you. And, um, and while, it, while you feel that pressure, it's always something I've embraced. I've always saw myself as a leader, even as a player. So this isn't a, this isn't a position or, or anything that feels unusual to me. It's actually something I embrace. All right, well said. Joseph, what coaches were some of your biggest influences and why? You mentioned Romeo already. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we know your history. Rex Ryan, I know you were asked about him during your press conference. You were with Urban Meyer at Florida, right? Yeah. As a grad yeah. assistant as well. Yeah, so I have a few. I have a few, and I, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to be brief because this is gonna be tough for me. There's, there's probably four guys, and there's probably some I'm gonna be leaving out. But my first is my high school coach, all right, Blaze Juliano, who played defensive line in the Canadian League, and and actually talked me into playing football when I thought I was gonna be Michael Jordan. You know, I was gonna be six four six four two hundred eighty Michael Jordan. But um, yeah. but to this day, he is still like a second father to me, and it was a tremendous influence on me. Rex Ryan, obviously, just who I am. As a coach, uh, philosophically, uh, just my, from a demeanor standpoint with my players, a lot of that was was because of his influence. He was tough. He was aggressive. He was a player's coach, though. He knew when to have fun. But when we crossed those white lines, we were trying to take your heart. All right? And, and I, I'm, I'm a lot that I'm, I'm very similar in that in that way. Um, you already mentioned Rack. I've already spoken about him. And then Urban. I, I, I can't say enough about Urban. Urban's a guy who, who obviously had a tremendous amount of success um, gave me my first coaching job at the University of Florida as a graduate assistant, and still to this day, just offers it offers advice and wisdom whenever I seek it. So, um, those those are probably four of the biggest, and I, I know I'm forgetting people, but those are probably four of the biggest ones. 
All right. Let's go to Hal. He wants to know about blitzing. Will blitz packages be more prominent this season? <laughs> I, I don't want you to give away state secrets, but a, yeah. a lot of people look at the blitz as one thing, but you can do it in so many different ways, right? For sure. Um, what I can promise is that we're going to do everything in our ability to affect these quarterbacks. The game is the game has changed. It's not like when I played and people line up in 21 personnel and they're trying to get three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, they got these quarterbacks now with the way the rules are. They're trying to sling this ball all over the place. Well, they can sling it, but I promise you, we're going to try to make them pay for it. Uh, you know, growing up, Houston was it was the house of pain, and we're going to do everything we can to try to try to get some of that energy back in that stadium defensively. Oh, nice reference. People are going to like that one. Uh, Alan, which rookies excite you the most? Alan, it's a rookie question. We can't do this uh, <laughs> considering the schemes. But you mentioned it. You're looking for contribution. You're looking for absorbing into the system, assimilating as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. I don't. I technically, I usually don't get too excited about rookies. But mm-hmm. the guys that we, the guys that we brought onto this roster, they all have the three qualities that we're looking for on this team. They're dependable. They're tough, and they're smart. And, and with those attributes, that's going to give them a chance to come in here early and, and, and help on defense, yes, but they can help the team in a variety of ways. They can contribute on special teams, which I think is a very undervalued phase of the game. You know, mm-hmm. if they can come in and contribute there, then they'll earn the right to play some more on defense. Okay. Let's get to Leo's question. What will J.J.'s role be in 2020 on the defensive line or on the defensive side of the ball, he wants to know? All right, so JJ's role, I would imagine, very JJ-like, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it. Yeah, the, JJ's role role is going to be to continue to get in the game and kick somebody's butt. <laughs> yeah. That that is going to be role. We're going to do everything in our power to put him in the best position to do so. Okay, uh, Mike, you've been called the disciple of Rex Ryan, who is noted to another blitzing question blitz all the time. Can we expect that? Well, and let me let me piggyback on that a little bit here, Coach. When we talk about pass rush, you know, we talk about J.J., all the sacks he's had in his career and everything, Whitney, but it's a by-committee thing, right? It, it really – Carolina was second in the league last year in sacks, and nobody had more than nine and a half or something like that. You don't mind where it comes from, do you? No, absolutely not. You know, the whole hope is that some of the new things we're going to do schematically, because you mentioned being a Rex, a Rex Ryan disciple, uh, will enable those guys to get some more one-on-ones, whether that's Whitney – J.J., uh, Charles Amenahu, Ross Blacklock, I mean, Jacob Martin. We, we can go on for days about the guys we have that can get to the quarterback. So so it's my goal to, to put them in in more prime opportunities to get that done. Um, in terms of, of being exactly like Rex, um, I don't know that I'll be exactly like him. I'll probably be more of a mesh between Rex Ryan and Mike, who has also been a, a huge mentor for me. Who's, we're going to be aggressive, but we won't be reckless. We'll be calculated with what we're trying to do. Sounds great. Uh, David, how are you navigating the COVID-19 situation with the new players? And I, you were asked about that earlier. I asked you about home life. But with the players, it is a unique environment. Everybody's sort of in the same boat here around the league. But you get the feeling that, you know, hitting the ground running is going to be so crucial when you guys are able to get back together. Absolutely. The, the beauty is, fortunately, through through all these, these technolo- technological resources, that we can still get the teaching part of it done. Um, mm-hmm. Where they're going to miss out is obviously just just the sheer amount of reps they can go out there and, and execute what we're asking them to do. And this game is, you know, repetition is the mother of skill. So there's no way to replicate that on here. But at least when we get in there and they and they hear a they hear a 
defensive, you know, a defensive call. It won't be the first time they've heard it. Whereas if, if this happened back in, you know, 2002, 2003, when I was playing, we'd all just probably be out on football fields running around having no idea what was going on with the defense. So I, I still think we're able to get work done and, and um, they won't be starting from ground zero. Virtual coaching. Chris, what do you think about the defensive line upgrades this offseason? What we talked about, Ross, and, and just the guys in general, though, because you have good guys coming back. You got Angelo coming back. You have Brandon Dunn coming back. We talked about what Amenahu had a nice rookie season. I, I would imagine you're looking for that year one to year two jump out of him as well. Yeah, I, um, I, have, a, I have a lot of faith and belief in our defensive line. We have guys who, who uh, know their roles, who excel in their roles, and, um, and they're dependable. They're dependable. And you got guys that can wreak havoc, havoc as well. So uh, when, you, when you have that combination of guys and guys who are completely selfless and are just, just want to win, just want to win and do what's best for the team, mm-hmm. then, um, then you got a chance to, to be very good on defense and be good up front. And our, our last question is from David. What are the top two or three keys in getting a defense to elite status? Mm-hmm. This is a good question. Two or three mm-hmm. keys, Coach. Uh, that's, 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 a, that's a great question. I think um, you got to get 11 guys on the same page. All right. This, our game is unique. Our game is unique. It's not like basketball where you can pass the ball to Michael Jordan, let him go win the game or baseball where you put the hands in, you know, you, you give it to, to Cole, you know, and say, say, go, go strike everybody out. Uh, we can't do that. In order for us to be successful on defense, we got, we got to have 11 guys on the same page communicating at a high level at all times. Um, and I think we can get that done. We can get that done. Um, next, we have to we have to affect the quarterback. We have to affect the quarterback through through disguise, through rush, um, just through through pre snap manipulation. Um, it's that it's that chess match that happens before the snap that I think we can improve upon. That we can that we can get better at, especially when you're facing the Philip Rivers twice a year. Um, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes. So I think as, as we get better at those things, if we can get 11 guys communicating and being on the same page. If we can, if we can win the battle pre-snap and not not show our hand, you know, not be the the, the, the poor poker players at the table, yeah. then I think we can improve on defense. Well, coach, I think I speak on behalf of all the season ticket members when I say I am ready to run through a brick wall right now for you. <laughs> so, great job today, and uh, it's been great listening to you and watching you, and we're looking forward to watching the team play come August. Thanks a lot for being with us today. Appreciate you having me on. There's defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver joining us on the program as we just heard his visit with the season ticket members that we'd like to share with you. We want to share the information with everybody. Coming up, Kaimi Fairbairn, the place kicker for the Texans. What a career he's having so far. Drew Doherty caught up with him. Let's hear that and get to some other stuff as well on Texans Radio. To some other stuff as well on Texans Radio. To some other stuff as well. Keeping it going here on Texans Radio tonight. Mark Vandermeer with you. Memorial Day weekend. What an important weekend it is to recognize those who made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. You know, we talk about Veterans Day and all month of November. We are talking about this sort of thing. We need to talk about this sort of thing every day, don't we? Memorial Day, we honor those who perished in the line of duty serving our country it's such a serious important holiday not just for cooking out although that is a good part of it uh it's something to remember as we take part in all the festivities we will this weekend and most of them i guess at our own place although a lot of people are getting out and about and that's a great thing too let's get things rolling okay 
we have Kaimi Fairbairn. Now, Drew Doherty does a thing called Drew's Dozen. It used to be Drew's Dirty Dozen. He cleaned it up, I guess. Well, we rebranded the thing a little bit. And don't forget, Drew's got Texans 360 Saturday night, 11 o'clock. Sean Pendergast is on the show, so that's going to be fun. But he did visit with Kaimi Fairbairn this week, and he asks him the dozen questions. I don't think we're going to get to all 12 in this segment, but a lot of fun talk with Kaimi on his life, on being a place kicker in this league, and stuff he thinks about the league and maybe other sports that have influenced his kicking game. Here's Drew with Fairbairn. Two orders of congratulations for you. One, congrats on the new marriage. And two, congrats on the new contract. It's been a nice offseason for you, Kaimi. Yeah, 2020 has been uh, very crazy for me. Um, you know, I had a lot of big uh, moments for sure with, with my wife now and being an extension and being able to stay in Houston, but also because of this craziness. So um, it's been a wild ride so far. Yeah, and you bring up this craziness. The COVID-19 pandemic has affected so many people in so many different ways. You've pitched in, though. You've rolled up your sleeves in a proverbial sense, and you really did a really cool thing back home in Hawaii at Straub Hospital. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I partnered with uh, Young's Fish Market. Um, Daniel Young's the owner, and he approached me with this idea of doing, like, this 50-50 Real Hero Challenge to kind of just, you know, it's a way to give back um, a small way, just showing appreciation for the frontline workers who, you know, put their, their families and their lives, um, you know, at risk um, and their health at risk by trying to help the community. So um, I thought it was a great way to, you know, just give back in a small amount and show appreciation. So it was a good deal. Yeah, that is, that's an awesome deal. And, and congrats. And thanks for doing that. It's, it's really a yeah. worthy, worthy cause. So, are you, where are you right now? Are you back home in Hawaii? Are you in Houston? What's the deal? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in Houston right now. Okay. Uh, got married out there in Hawaii in February and, uh, came back after that. Nice. So what's yeah. the training been like? How much has this affected you? Because kicker can be a pretty lonely position as far as getting ready. It's, it's definitely lonely on, on game day at times, but what's it been like for you as far as having to adjust if, if at all? Um, yeah, adjustments have been, you know, it's, it's strange not being able to be in the, in the stadium and getting the work in with, you know, John Weeks and Brian Anger, especially. Um, but, you know, we built a strong foundation from last year and I'm glad we are all coming back and we got Coach Seeley and, and Tracy, um, you know, with the guidance. And I think we have a strong special teams unit. So, uh, veteran group and, um, we're going to keep it going this next year. No doubt. And you've been around a few years now and you've seen this transformation. You've seen, you bring up a strong special teams group. It really was outstanding last year and outstanding the year before in 18 in coverage, both kickoff and punts. I mean, mm-hmm. what's been the main difference in your eyes these last two years versus what was going on here in Houston before? Um, I can't really tell the difference because, uh, you know, I haven't been here for too long. But Coach Coach O'Brien has really preached the importance of special teams. And, um, I mean, you just see it in the results. Um, like, it, it, it changes games, and guys on the team really take it seriously. And even for the guys who don't play special teams, they, they realize the importance of it. Like, um, and, you know, it's, it's important to take the time to, during practice, during the week, um, during the offseason, and, um, you know, really focus on that part of the game. For sure. I mean, every, most games in the NFL are decided by one score, sometimes by a point. Yep. 
and the Texans definitely were in so many of those last year. You won 10 games, and you can mm-hmm. you can point in every single game, like had this special teams play not taken place, I don't know that the outcome was going to be the same. It's got to be gratifying, I imagine, to be a part of that, right? Yeah, I mean, we play a big part in field position, um, and we just try to help out offense and defense as much as we can um, when our name is called. And, you know, both sides of the ball are very talented, but everyone pitches in on special teams, and it's a total team effort for sure. It is. I said it was is a lonely position. I only meant when you're, you know, you're having to feel great. It's still you still it's part of the job. On, yeah, you depend on weeks. You depend on anger for the hold. So I didn't want to yeah. minimize what they did because I do understand that how how important they are to things. But no question. How, how has this virtual setting been, and what's it been like for you guys as specialists? Um, we we kind of you know we we do our own thing. Most of the time, um, I try to get in some kicking sessions on an open field um, when I can. Um, but as far as that, we kind of just stay in the loop. We might throw back some film back and forth um, to try and get another set of eyes on it. But um, apart from that, it's it's pretty much just staying in touch and making sure everyone's healthy. Pretty fun seeing some of the additions that the Texans have made that are going to kind of help on those core special teams units. you got names like Jalen Watkins and – uh, Michael Thomas, they're, they're just two of many who look to make an impact this year and help bolster what was already, you know, a strong unit like we've mentioned. Yeah, we have a strong car and, um, we're making additions. So I'm excited to see what those guys have and, um, I'm sure they're going to bring a lot to the table. All right. Let's play 12 questions and let's start with something you just mentioned. You'll go out to a field occasionally and, and stay in shape by kicking. Do you ever get approached by people? Because I imagine when you kick a ball, it's not like, some, you know, joker who's 45 years old just rolling up and kick. I mean, it looks a little different. Do you ever get approached when you're doing this? So far, I haven't. I've, I've kind of just been kicking at uh, this little light pole and, you know, no field goal. So I'm just making making it work for now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, it makes you appreciate uh, the facilities for sure and just being around the team. So, um, you know, I, I won't take it for granted from for now. <laughs> All right, let's ping pong around. What do you do and what are you thinking about in the situations where an, uh, another team calls a timeout before you kick? They call it icing for those that don't know, but what's going through your mind when you get iced? Um, you know, I don't really want to say this out uh, online, but I oh. prefer getting iced. So, I mean, I guess the other coaches will see this now and they won't ice me, but, um, I think it's a good time to just collect your thoughts and, you know, take your time with everything, um, find your target point and just kind of take care of the simple things. That's, that's usually what I try and focus on. Um, you know, the technique and just keeping my, um, my thoughts to a minimum. Okay. So you are from Kailua. That's on the Island of Oahu in the Hawaiian islands. It's I've been there. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. So for someone who's from Kailua, where do you honeymoon? Because you, you're from like the most beautiful exotic, you know, one of the most beautiful exotic places in the world. Where do you actually go on a honeymoon? Yeah, we've been spoiled. My wife and I, we grew up in Kailua and, um, you know, the beaches is, you know, second to none. But uh, we like to travel. We like to see different cultures. We we ended up in New Zealand for two weeks and kind of got to explore um, over there. And, you know, we're both Lord of the Rings fans. Um, so I thought it was pretty cool to see where that was all filmed, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is solid. Uh, I know a little bit more about New Zealand because we were talking offline. 
I've got four little kids, so they mm-hmm. love Power Rangers, and a lot of the Power Rangers shows have been filmed in New Zealand. So, oh really? Them. I didn't oh, know yeah. that. So you never? I, I take you didn't come across any? Uh, any no, I didn't see many Power. No. Gotcha. So I should have. I should have asked about that. Probably would have been frightening to to see that in person because <laughs> there's some weird costumes. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> As someone from Hawaii, spam musubi. Where do you stand on that? Do you like it? What What, what are your thoughts? I love it. Um, I've been eating it since, you know, as far as I can remember, it was always a after game snack, you know, and you had the oranges during halftime and then spam with some bees, uh, after the game and it always hit the spot. I know what it is. I got to cover a couple pro bowls when I was there and every morning on the way to practice, we'd get a couple of spam musu bees and a diet Dr. Pepper and that would be breakfast. Whew. Explain what a spam musu bee is for those who don't understand. All right, so you got your base, which is white rice. Got to have the white rice. Uh-huh. And then um, you have a can of Spam, and usually cook both sides, put a little uh, soy sauce on there, um, plant that onto the rice, and then you get seaweed and wrap it around, and um, it makes for a delicious treat. It's almost like Spam sushi, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And do you miss it? I mean, how much do you get a chance to get it here, or does anybody serve it? Um, no, I have, or actually there's a couple, uh, poke spots that, that serve it, but honestly, homemade is some of the best, you know, the fresh rice, fresh spam, and then the seaweed is, it's, uh, it's good at home for sure. That must be out of this world because the spam musubi I had was really good and I was getting it from convenience stores. So I can't <laughs> imagine what homemade spam was, spam musubi. Um, all right, moving on. What do you miss most about this whole quarantining slash shelter in place, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I mean, definitely being able to see everybody and, you know, not worrying about like just contact. Like, you know, you see a friend and, you know, you don't want to shake hands. It's kind of just a wave right now. Um, So I think it's just the human contact, but uh, I think it's important to look at the positives, you know, just being able to kind of simplify things right now. And really, um, you know, your family and your health come at um, the most important things. So it's it's good to go back to the basics, I think. So try to spin it in a positive light. Yeah, and it's probably cool as a newlywed. You're spending more time around your wife, I'm guessing, than you normally would. So it's kind of cool, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Okay, what show have you binged during this pandemic? Oh, man. Uh, we've been watching Ozark. Yes. Yeah, that one's I finished it. That was a uh, good in it. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing show for sure. Must watch. So Ozark is the one, anything else? Ozark. Um, I think we're going to start Yellowstone pretty I've heard soon. That's good. Yeah. I've heard that's good. Yeah. I haven't started it yet, but I'm looking, looking for that one. Um, and then the office that's, that's like, you know, turn it on and kind of mindless and laugh. Never lose. Never lose yep. much in office. That's for sure. Yep. Okay, who on the Texans, speaking of the office, is most similar to Dwight Schrute? Oh, sheesh. I mean, Dwight's one of a kind. You can't really <laughs> compare him to anybody. Like, uh, do we have any farmers on the team? I don't even know. Yeah, Jacob, or excuse me, A.J. Moore is a farmer. That, okay, A.J. Moore, that's who I'm, that's who I'm going with him. Chicken Both farmer, farmers. whereas Dwight did beats, but I guess that's yeah. the closest. All right. <laughs> Equals Dwight Schrute, according to the <laughs> tweet oh, in this video. <laughs> oh, geez. Sorry, AJ. <laughs> All right. You're, you're, 
you were an awesome soccer player growing up. So do you have a favorite soccer player, like all time? Who is it? Terry Henry. Okay. That was, that was my favorite. I grew up watching Arsenal, um, when they were, you know, the team to beat. Um, they had Patrick Vieira. It was like 02 where they pretty much won everything. Mm-hmm. Um, had like an unbeaten season or something. And Thierry Henry was my favorite player. He was a forward and unreal. Yeah, unreal he, he was amazing. He was amazing. Yep. Uh, short Thierry Henry story that actually has to do with the Texans. So Texans arrived in London this year for the game against the Jaguars on Friday. Mm-hmm. I got there with uh, Tyler Sutterth, one of our photographers, videographers. We got there Tuesday afternoon to kind of document the week that was and you know, yep. connect with fans, all that stuff. And on Thursday, we did a tour of Wembley Stadium, an official tour. We got to shoot some shots. It's really cool. The cheerleaders tour over there. And as we're walking out to get an exterior shot, they made us kind of go around because there was another shoot going on. And I could tell as I was walking up that, there, that was the European Cup, the big silver cup that the teams get when, you know, they win the European Cup. And there's a guy standing there. And as I walked closer, we're about, they kept us about 20 yards away. But as I got sideways with him, it was Thierry Henry standing in front of Wembley shooting. So, Cause I guess they, that was where it was going to be this year, but it got canceled because of the pandemic. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Did, uh, did you say hi? No. You no. were, it, it was like, don't talk, talk. Don't say anything, leave him alone. He had like yep. a group of like people around him. So, I mean, those, even... those are always hard, man, especially when you see someone you always admire. Oh, yeah. You want to say hi, but it's like you got to be respectful too. Would have loved so. to, but yeah, it was just yeah. no chance. Yep. Starting. All right. Um, what Houston Texans player you think would make a good soccer player? You can't say yourself, obviously. I mean, Brian, Brian, you know, he, he kicks a lot of balls, kicks for a living. So, I gotta go him. I gotta throw out Justin Reed though. Yeah. I've seen him, him boot, uh, football quite a few times and he's not bad too. So I'll throw him in that pot. Yeah. He was, he was really good. Jaleel Adai is not with the Texans anymore, but he, he played for one of the like under 19 USA teams as well. So he was good growing up uh, outside of Tampa. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh huh. That's That's why you do this. That's why you do a Drew's dozen. I tell you about about other guys. That's what you learn and get out of this. Uh, who's your all-time favorite NFL player? Um, I really liked LaDainian Tomlinson growing mm-hmm. up, uh, running back for the Chargers. He, you know, he was always, you know, he was the closest thing I had to, uh, to home as far as a team. Right. So uh, I, I enjoyed watching him growing up. Well, Kaimi Fairbairn, it is so awesome to catch up with you. I'm glad you're doing well. Congrats on what's been an awesome offseason, and we're really looking forward to seeing you kick and split some more uprights in 2020. Yes, sir. Sound good? Can't wait. Can't wait to see you guys too, man. You guys uh, take care, stay safe, and um, see you when I see you. Yes. There's Drew Doherty with Kami Fairbairn, and you can check out that entire interview on HoustonTexans.com. Don't forget Texans 360, Saturday night, 11 o'clock, ABC 13, with Sean Pendergast as the guest. HoustonTexans.com has all your interviews, articles, all the stuff on your Houston Texans. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you, Joanna, for producing. We'll be back Monday at 6 with Johnny Harris. Have a good night, and go Texans.